Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. for coming out on this warm and balmy morning. My goodness. And yes, the air conditioning is coming, but not before the kids' church and all the necessary stuff that we need. You know what? I didn't get a leather lounge until we're in our 50s. Now young people get leather lounges as soon as they get married. What is that? You know, be careful of borrowing from the future, you know. You've got to pay it back, guys. Talk about pay it forward, but yeah. Um, yes, uh, I did get, just before I go to the message, which will be short, roller coaster ride, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we're done. But yes, I was incapacitated last week by my first Australian experience of being bitten five times, not once, but five times by a redback spiders, I, we think. I picked up a bunch of chairs, plastic chairs, threw them up against my chairs, doing the dutiful thing. You know it like it is, Richard. You know, you're trying to prepare for your great uh, functions. And obviously, there was a, a nest of uh, redbacks behind the seat and whack. And you know what men are like. They carry on regardless. Five redback spiders bites. No worries, I can deal with that. Well, two hours later, I'm going, <laughs> and so by 11 o'clock at night, I was delirious. It was true. Uh, I tried to, <laughs> there is stories out there, but, um, but um, because I don't want to be waiting in a hospital. Uh, you're, you're, you, know, you know what it's like, three, four hours later, and, and uh, you, know, you end up ministering to everyone waiting to, and, and that's exactly what happened, three hours waiting at Wyong emergency uh, area there, and I was done, man. Four days, I was out of it, down. And I won't go into all the symptoms, but boy, try not to get bitten by a red back spider. That is my recommendation. It took 59 years to get it done, but it's done. Thank you, Lord, for the experience. I'm not sure if I needed it, but um, I know Paul was shipwrecked. He was bitten by snakes, flogged, whipped. I've got a lot of catching up to do, but are you ready for God to bless you, your family, your loved ones, this Christmas? Are you guys? Do you believe that? Do you believe God can bless still? And um, we've got to believe that this Christmas season. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a roller coaster ride of what Jesus means to us. And thank you so much for the sweetness of those beautiful singers. Who were they? Who were they? They've left the building and they've gone to another function maybe. I'm not sure. But thank you so much for the songs uh, this year um, and, and this morning. Such a delight, such a powerful thing to come closer to God through songs. Amen. And uh, thank you. Let's give it up for those guys. The birth of the Savior of the world in Bethlehem. Bells are played to ring out and the joyous news. We went to Europe last year, so many bells. 
And I had a propensity to record the bells, the bells. I think that's a line from Notre Dame or something. Notre Hunchback. The bells. The, but no, these are good bells. These are good bells. Announcing, proclaiming the coming of our Savior. Bells are played to ring out to the joyous news. Candles are lit to remind us of the light of the glory that was revealed to the world. The star is placed on top of the Christmas tree to remember the star of Bethlehem. I do that, it's a tradition. I place the star on our Christmas tree. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw me do that again. Wasn't that right, Evan? The gifts are exchanged to remind us of the gifts of the Megi to Jesus. Three wise kings uh, approaching. They, they know prophetically that the king was to be born and they brought the gifts. Julie explained that to you. But the greatest gift is our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And it's true. He came from divinity, placed into a human life and became flesh and blood and was able to sympathize with cold and heat and the struggles of life. We have a savior that can understand your dilemmas, guys. Isn't it awesome? Not some guru on top of a hill and, this is God who came down in the flesh and revealed himself to us. So some of my best uh, highlight Instagram friends uh, put some things up and uh, I love all my Instagram followers. If you're listening to us on podcasts, God bless you. I hope they are. <laughs> huge crowd, crowd base, huge crowd base, huge, huge. It's tremendous. Um, I love that. I just thought, I'm just going to put that up, just for. Does that do it for you? Is, is that good? I just love that. I think that's awesome. That's actually uh, some church's stage. I believe we're going to get to that stage of this church when we can, do you know what, guys, can I... Do you know you're sitting in a dream of a thousand-seater auditorium? This is actually, get this, talk about big dreams, little people. This is, you're sitting in just the, the stage of a thousand-seater auditorium. That wall unbolts, guys, get your shifters out, it comes out, and we go out with a thousand seats. That's the dream. My generation will give it their best shot. The next generation, Andrew, will give it their best shot. And we're going due north, Tom. And we're going to build a large facility where we can put on big dramas like that. Because this, see, it was birthed from the, the, the whole strength or the, or the giftedness of Julie. Who, who, over the years, we've done incredible productions in school halls, Cutler Drive School Hall, Wyoming High School Hall, and even tents. Julie, in fact, one women's gathering, she decked out the whole tent, hired in. This was a women's function, a women's... Have you joined our church? God bless you. Welcome. Give this guy... What, Tony, is it? Tony, God bless you. Welcome into the church, guys. Not even a tent could stop us. Julie hired in birds, peacocks in cages, and all these plants, and literally the ladies were pushing their way through, and it was the Garden of Eden, and finally they came into some, uh, a bit of a space there where Julie could speak to them, but it was literally 160 ladies had come to this place of being totally impacted by creativity, say creativity, and that's why I love that. Okay, next, whew, I'm just going to enjoy myself this morning, guys, is that all right? 
losing the notes, far from Bethlehem shall come. Oh, for from Bethlehem shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people. That's hard to read that. The baby in the manger grew up to become king of kings and lord of lords. And that's what I'm going to explain in a moment. Yes, next, next, this is the best of my Instagram followers. She, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, meaning savior, for he will save his people from their sins. Such a great salvation. When you can forgive people, when you can forgive yourself, when you can forgive others, when you can forgive your mom and dad for giving you those crazy haircuts that you got when you were young, when you, when, and, and the shorts, I don't know why, but when I look at my five-year-old photos, my pants go past my knees. And apparently my mum's, uh, the whole deal was that she bought them from the second-hand store and that, that I would grow into them over a period of two years maybe uh, because you know how fast kids grow. But I forgive her for that. I forgive her that I'm not wearing those trendy, what's some trendy kids' clothing name? Hoshkosh. Don't even think it was around at that time. Nike. Everyone's heard of Moses, right? In the Old Testament, there's three main, three main people that take center stage in the story of God's salvation. They were the prophets, they were the priests, and they were the kings. Let's go back into the Old Testament and, and let's, let's imagine as the backdrop of what these prophets, priests, and kings were trying to do. Bring people to God and bring people into a land where they could be blessed and prospering and God could bless them because they were obediently following God. That was the idea of the prophet, priest, and king. So when you look at the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, you see a figure, a man, an awesome man of God called Moses. And Moses, in fact, enacted those three offices. He was a prophet. He was a priest. He was a king, a king that they followed, a king that, that seemingly he led them out of, out of slavery, out of entrapment from an evil pharaoh that had God's people entrapped for 400 years. And then Moses, because he knew the way out of Egypt, because he'd already been out of Egypt, God selected him and he said, let my people go to Pharaoh. Let them go. Let them go from your tyrannical uh, hold over, your, over the people, God's people. And they began to move out through the Red Sea. The sea opens up. Don't you love that scene? The, the, the sea opens up. You'd think that'd be enough, but the people still complained even after the sea opened up. And so he led them as a king, as a leader, as a prophet. What's a prophet to? A prophet represents God down to the people. I'll explain that in a moment. But then he was teaching, Moses was teaching God's people how to live the right life and how to be this nation. But then he was a priest. Priests represent God's people and represent them to God. That's the priest. So the prophet is representing God down to the people and the priest is representing the people to God. Did you get that? So Moses was amazing. He functioned in those three areas. 
the people followed Moses because they knew he was the one. Say amen. The people needed a leader. They saw Moses as that figure. But then he said, in Deuteronomy 18, 15, it states, the Lord your God will raise up for you. This is Moses. He said, yeah, I'm doing my best here. I know the way. He didn't actually get them fully to the promised land, but he knew the way. But he actually says this, the Lord your God will raise up for you. This is prophetically speaking. Moses is a prophet, remember. He can foretell the future. And he says, there's one coming And he says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your your fellow Israelites, and you must listen to him. Can you see that? Did they put that up for you guys? Deuteronomy 18, 15? So what happened in that? That established a culture of anticipation all through the Old Testament. There's one coming. He's going to be like Moses. David talked about it. They all talked about it. Isaiah talked about it. There's one coming. It's going to, he's going to be like Moses. He's going to be a deliverer. He, he's going to be able to release people from captivity. And he's going to be able to provide salvation. He's going to provide a future and a hope for us. And he's coming. All through the Old Testament, he's coming. Isaiah announces, announces it. And they all, and David even suggests it. And, and, and the people of Israel were living in a culture of anticipation. In fact, it was fulfilled hundreds of years later, but still in that anticipation, they had this amazing awe of what God would do through this coming Savior. The people of Israel longed for the next great leader, one who would lead them as a king, a priest, a prophet. Moses foreshadowed the one for whom Israel waited. He was a type of Christ longing, looking forward to the Messiah who is yet to come. Jesus, in fact, proved to be that one, the Messiah, the one who all the prophets anticipated, who would fill the office like Moses of prophet, priest, and king. They were looking for a military leader, but Jesus came as a servant. Can I have that scripture? Because in Matthew 4.12, I just got a couple of scriptures this morning. Because in the Old Testament, all the prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. They were anointed. So Matthew 4.12 to 17, thank you. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Nephitali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. There's a 700 years previous, Isaiah said this was to be true, which was by the lake, yeah, land of Zebulun, Galilee. Land of Zebulun, land of Nephitali, the way of the sea. Beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Yes. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. And can I have the next one, please? The Luke 4, 16 to 21. Jesus has come. He's grown up. He's about 30 years of age. He 
walks into a synagogue. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written 700 years previous. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's our message right there, guys. That's the message. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. That's our other message. People can be set free from every diabolical vice that people find themselves in. Debt of unforgiveness, debt of sickness, debt of generational curses, debt of whatever you, you just place it down before Jesus and he can forgive you of that debt. And the recovery of sight for the blind. Stop there. How many people do you know that can't see God, see Jesus, see the glory, see the Bible? It makes no sense to them. They cannot see it. This is not just physical blindness. This is spiritual blindness. The Bible talks about a veil over the mind, over the eyes, and over the heart. It's literally like that blind there. If I was to get behind that blind and put it over my mind, my eyes, and my heart, I couldn't see anything. It'd be black. That's how your friends and family are. And until you say yes to Jesus, those blinds will not go up. The recovery of sight for the blind. To set the, how many people do you know that are oppressed? To set the oppressed free. Yes, continue. And that's it. I need, the, I need the rest. That's the most important part. And this day, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There's the good news, guys, right there. It's fulfilled. He has come. Amen. He is a king whose kingdom is not of the world, who came to serve his people by atoning for their sin on a cross to rescue them from the judgment of God. King is a person who has supreme authority over a territory. Kings in the Old Testament function in the realm of exercising judicial power in the civil realm and were oftentimes military figures who led military campaigns. Jesus is spoken as a king in the gospel. He is a prophet. Some statements about a prophet. He is a prophet who proclaimed the commands of God and showed his followers the right path to please the Lord. A prophet is a messenger sent by God a person who speaks for God. He or she witnesses for God, calls people to conversion, and may also foretell the future. Prophets are often killed for their message. Prophets rebuke sin, proclaim mercy for the crushed, interpreted events of past, present, and future. They functioned as mediators, proclaiming only what was revealed to them. Finally, our Lord and Savior, he is a priest going before the Father on behalf of the people of God, an office he currently fulfills by sitting at the right hand of the Father and is interceding, the Bible says in Hebrews, and is eating, seating, interceding for you and your family, your sons, your daughters, your family. Jesus, the priest, is interceding 
for your best life, for your calling, for you to find God's perfect will. He's interceding, Brie, for you, your business, your children, your marriage, your personal health. He's interceding for you. See, Jesus is quite personable. He's now praying for you today. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, the kingdom that is, the kingdom that is coming, the kingdom that you can see if you repent and you can feel the goodness of God, even despite the weather, even despite all the the stuff of life that happens, you can still feel God getting through to you and impressing upon you His kindness, His goodness, His mercy. Somehow, His kingdom is coming. It's knocking at your door. It's seeping under your door. It's filling your house with the atmosphere of love if you want it. It's the peace that prevails over every situation if you want it. Even despite what the world is telling you and the symptoms that you have, you can have a peace that is beyond human understanding. That's the God of peace, Jesus. Who wants that? Who wants that? Is that what? You'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray, let's stand, God bless you. Jesus, you are the perfect prophet, the only priest I need. The king of my life. Thank you for coming into this broken world and giving me a sinner, a path to redemption. Father, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, as Isaiah said, God with us. Thank you that you're still with us because we have received. You've signed, sealed, and delivered our life. You've signed it in your blood. You've sealed us in the Holy Spirit. See, that, 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 that's why the coming of Jesus, to sign off on all your sin, to sign off on all your disconnectedness from God through the cross. He signed for you. He signed for you. He sealed you by His Holy Spirit. He's given you the Holy Spirit within, around you, leading you, guiding you. You've delivered me, Lord. Like Moses delivered those people through the waters. You've delivered me through baptism. You've delivered me through your word. You've delivered me by the power of your spirit. I'm signed, sealed, delivered. My prayer, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to earth as a baby. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. The Spirit to guide, to comfort, to empower us. Lead me in 2018 because we're not meeting on New Year's Eve. I have a New Year's Eve blessing for you too. Every obstacle, burden, and failure, every hurt that you have suffered in 2017 will be buried at the foot of the cross by the end of this year, even today. 
if you give him all your worries, all your burdens, all your sorrows, beauty for ashes. I declare 2018 is a year that we move out of being constrained, being contained. You shall go forward just like God's people moved out of Egypt through the waters, through the flames, and He provided for them supernaturally. You will go forward even through a desert of a time, and you will go forward into the promised land of your salvation. See, Moses was leading them to a place, a geographical place, but Jesus is leading you to a spiritual place. And that promised land, my friend, is through deliverance. And it's to a place of living in His presence. This is the greatest given, the greatest gift given to humanity. And I declare in 2018, you are moving out of chaos into liberation and abundance. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, Isaiah 43, verse 18. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. I am doing a new thing in your life. I'm doing a new thing in your heart. I'm doing a new thing in your family. I'm doing a new thing in your children. I'm doing a new thing in your marriage. I'm doing a new thing in your finances. Come on, who can agree with that? This is it. It's a new time, a new season, a new year of God's plan and purposes. We're on the threshold this powerful prophetic moment of standing, looking on the horizon of our best life. The number eight is for new beginnings, for something new to begin. Something old has to end. Jesus on the Christ declared it is finished. Your past failures are over. Your future victory is assured. Father, whatever I need right now, Whatever I will need, I ask of you that you shall supply all my need according to your riches in glory. Because for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just close your eyes just for a moment. We're done. They, three wise men. They gave Jesus gold, the best they had, to honor his kingship. They gave Jesus frankincense, a symbol of prayer, to show their desire to communicate with God. They gave Jesus myrrh, a symbol of death, to acknowledge what he had done to come to do. Our greatest need is to be pardoned, to be forgiven. Our greatest need is for the family, God's family. All I want for Christmas, Lord, all I want from Christmas is you. That gift of Christmas. We all like Christmas gifts, but we got to unwrap it. Let's unwrap it right now. Let's unwrap the gift of Christmas right now. Let's do that right now. Anyone in the house that needs prayer for salvation, if you want to pray with me in a moment, in, this is a gift to you. You've got to unwrap it. Otherwise, it stays in its box. And it's just sweet sentiments of a season that is most profound. With eyes closed, 
with faith in your heart and a tenacity and a courage and a faith that says, I'm not giving up on this God. I'm not giving up on this Savior who died for me. I'm not giving up on this Holy Spirit that surrounds me. I'm not giving up. I'm going to start now. I'm going to reevaluate. I'm coming to you right now in this moment through prayer. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, Lord, that I've been distant, that I've kept that gift wrapped up under the tree, under the cross. I'm going to ask you to forgive me for that, Lord. But for 2018, I need a new game plan. I need a new game plan of faith, hope, and love. So from my very heart, from the bottom of my heart, from the very deepest interior of my heart, I stand with these God people that are journeying out of Egypt and journeying into the promised land and journeying to God and to heaven. I stand with these people in this place and I say from my heart, and if you can repeat this prayer after me, Father God, I believe in the gift of your son, Jesus. Born 2,000 years ago through a virgin in a manger. Your son wrapped in swaddling cloth peering out looking at me. Now I want you to look to Jesus. He's all growing up. He's been a carpenter. But now he's answering his calling to be savior of the world. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news. I want you to look into the eyes of Jesus right now and say this prayer. Lord Jesus, Come on, you can say it. Be bold, let's do it again. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I trust in you. I acknowledge you. I believe you walked the earth, died on the cross, rose on the third day, ascended to heaven, and you are praying for me right now. Jesus, now, this is the most important part, folks. You've got to say this with gusto. You've got to say this with faith. This is it. This is the signing off of your life through the blood of Christ. Jesus, let's say that name again. Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Savior, Lord God, Lord Jesus. Now, come on, here it is. Lord Jesus. Look him in the eye. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on darkness. I look to the true light, the glory of your coming, the glory of all who you are. I look to you. Open my eyes. Open my heart, open my mind, that I may follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, receive me now as your child. Receive me now. Lead me on in 2018. 
lead me on from this house of God. Lead me on with my family, my children, my wife, with my siblings. Lead me on, Lord. Jesus, hands lifted up high now, guys. God, Emmanuel, God with us. Hebrew word. Isaiah spoken. He said God would be with us, not just when he walked the earth, performed miracles, but he would be with us after, after he died, after he ascended. He's here right now. He's here in this house of God. He's here with you. Jesus, I receive your Holy Spirit unto my life. Fill me. Fill me now. Lead me. Guide me, Holy Spirit. Give me an ear for the Holy Spirit. Give me an ear to follow. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.